Hello, that's Sarah. And that's Emily. And this is Lightweight, Lightweight. <laughs> Crime. <laughs> Describe what we're drinking. So I came up with this concoction, which um, might be a little insensitive, but I'm calling it the COVID antidote. Um, Hey, that's not insensitive. We all want the antidote. It's true. I have it. So it's 7-Up Gin. um, What's the red stuff called? Oh, grenadine. Grenadine. And some absinthe. That, it's, um, I realize, won't appeal to many of our listeners, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the science is in and says that it's the antidote, so it drink is, up. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's a little, makes my tongue a little tingly. Yeah. But that, I hear uh, that's part of the healing process, so. That's fair. And, you know, lest you think that Emily and I uh, are not uh, into... Uh, or are not sensitive to the current virus going around, please know that we are riddled with anxiety. Amen. Um, We're not even recording in the same place. We are social distancing, recording this over FaceTime. Um, And we are, all of our, like, love and thoughts and prayers and donations are with people who are suffering, which is everyone, in one form or another, even if they're not sick. It's... Yeah, we are yeah. we are taking things one day at a time and Emily is a mother during all this nonsense, which and, is I'm and sure a teacher. Yeah. Oh the my mother gosh. part is like fine. Like <laughs> it's I'm not any more worried about Micah getting this than I would be about anything else happening to him because the world in general is a dangerous place. Right. Being a teacher is hard because yeah. like my school is all online, so like nothing directly affects the way that we function because our students are all already social distancing but all the other schools are closing down and no one really knows what's happening state testing has been postponed but really just is canceled every like we don't know what we're gonna do about graduation or about grades like we are still offering classes but Students aren't required to come anymore. Basically, we're closed, um, which is, like, just so nuts. Like, no one is getting a proper education right now. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, the education system gets a little bit better after this. It. I, I mean, you're a teacher. You and I have a lot of friends who are teachers. Yeah. And it's just so wild to me that people are like, okay, so we need to shut down, but we actually need to turn this all around to do distance learning. So if you can figure that out over the course of the next four days, as if what we ask yeah. of teachers isn't hard isn't enough. enough. Yeah. Like right now, American heroes, grocery store clerks, teachers, nurses, like male people, male people, not, those not like men, not like male men. carriers, no kudos, male no, carriers. no kudos. No kudos. Um, but, and especially I think of like 
people who work in Amazon like warehouses who are not being paid enough but are like showing yeah. up to fill to everyone's crazy anyways, toilet yeah. paper order. Yeah, seriously. I, I was at the grocery store the other day and I was doing self checkout and like this woman working there had to help me with something and I was like, I hope you're getting like time and a half and she she was like haha yeah right and I was like no you're an American hero right now yeah um but it's absolutely wild seriously it's nuts anyways so everyone wash your hands here. tell people you love them um from a distance from a distance make sure to donate to your local food banks um your like any organization near you that is helping care for vulnerable people during this time like I know that it's going to be a tight time financially for a lot of people but like whatever you can spare like please consider doing um also I just thought of this story and if my dad listens to this he might be mad that I'm telling this story but tell it I was on the phone with him the other day because they missed their grandson and so we were facetiming um and my dad just casually goes like oh, yeah, no, your Uncle John has coronavirus. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? He was like, yeah, he was working with a patient that tested positive, and he just texted me today and says he has a fever and has been coughing. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is he okay? He's like, yeah, no, I'm sure he's fine. And I was like, wait, where where was he working? Because, like, he's had different jobs for, like, ever. I know he's a doctor, but, like, I didn't know. And he was like, oh, he's been, you know, working in the jails and the prisons up there as a doctor. And I was like, I'm sorry, you never thought to tell me this? And he's like, ah, you never asked. And I was like, dad, <laughs> I you know, know I, I love crime, right? And he's like, right. yeah, I guess, I don't know. I didn't know you like jails and stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh dad. So like, when your uncle recovers, right. we will have him as our first guest. Yes, Probably not. He, he never, <laughs> he's so hard to get in contact with. My dad rarely talks to him because he just is like such a bad texter. And he lives in well, Oakland, so. And apparently he's doing God's work and is a prison doctor. Seriously. Which, don't even get me started about how this is affecting prisons because yeah. they're all going to die. I mean, it's nice that they're like letting some people out who have not violent crimes and were going to be released within the 30, 30 days, but it should be letting a lot more out. Right. It shouldn't take doomsday for them to realize, Oh, these guys don't need to be in jail. No kidding. <sighs> but seriously, cause once one mate, once one inmate gets it, you can't it's social over. distance in jail. No. Okay, we could record a whole other episode on that. Yeah, we really could. On that. When this is so, all over, we'll do a whole episode on mass incarceration and infectious disease. We should. Wild man. Maybe not but even yeah. before it's over. <laughs> we should just do it next episode. Yeah, that'll be the theme of our next episode. Yeah. Take care okay. of each other right now. We are all we have. Yeah. Um, FaceTime your loved ones. Do a... Do a happy hour with your neighbors in your driveways. Yeah. Six feet apart. Our neighbor, um, I might have told you about our neighbor. I want to have him on our show because he has that the story conspiracy where conspiracy theorist. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I don't know if I was abducted by aliens. And he has this great story. And Ryan is like, he was abducted by aliens. And I was like, 
Ryan. He says he doesn't know, okay? Oh but gosh. his mom, like, what she does is she, like, makes stuff to sell on Etsy. And so she started making these little masks. And so he came by today and was like, here, I have my mom make Micah a little mask. And Aww. it's so cute. It's got little cowboys on it. And Ryan's like, I don't want to put that on Micah's face. I don't know where it's been. And I was like, they made one for his son. Like, yeah. It's his it mom. Have, like, it it's fine. Form on it. I know. <laughs> That's so sweet. I know. Yeah, small acts of kindness during this time. Also, um, I need to give a shout out to so our mutual friend Anne um, sent me flowers the other night. It's so cute. Because her, um, she knows someone in the Pacific Northwest who's recently been laid off and like trying to side hustle during these crazy times to make some extra cash to survive. And she does floral arrangements and deliveries. Um, she doesn't like she leaves them at people's doorsteps. She's not like coming she in contact with people. Like hug and lick people as she hands the flowers as to them. She doesn't like lick people's doorknobs when she leaves things. So Dang, um, what a bummer. I know, right? And so I sent my sister flowers last night because I was like, pay it forward. Cute. So um, you can find her on Instagram and maybe we'll put this in our story when we release this episode at the one they call Landy. So it's the one they call all spelled out L A N D E E. And you can DM her and have, um, flowers sent to people in the Portland, the greater Portland area. So hit Cute. her up there. It's super beautiful, um, arrangements too. So, but anyway, this is a podcast called lightweight, true, lightweight crime. true crime. Oh my gosh. A podcast where two girls share a drink and a story. We sure do. Um, And we hadn't talked about who's going to go first this day. We didn't. You want to rock, paper, scissors? Yeah. Well, virtual rock, paper, scissors. Yeah. Okay. It's it's rock, paper, scissors, and then shoot. Okay. 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 Rock, paper, scissors. Wait, stop. (laughs) This is great podcasting. Rock, Rock, paper, paper, scissors, scissors, shoot. shoot. Are we doing two out of three? Or are we just doing no, that? let's just do one. Okay, what, so what, you you get to pick if you want to oh. go first or second. Uh, I'll go first. Okay, go so for it. So then I can just drink and listen to you. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So and this I'm doing the longer one. Got yes. It. Okay. Um. Okay. So. Um, to cite my sources, thank you to Oxygen, the uh, Florida newspaper, The Sentinel, AP News, The Herald Courier, and CBS News uh, for the story of the clown killer. No fucking way. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you have that? That's my story. I'm not even kidding no. you. No, no, no. Is it? <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh wow, her story's in Florida. Stop. How did we both? I'm literally crying. (laughs) Okay, we record two stories per recording session. So not only do we both have one of the same stories, we're recording, we don't tell each other what we're doing, and we both picked it for this slot. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It happened. Oh my gosh, I didn't think it would happen this early. <laughs> and it's not even something that like has happened recently. No, or it's anything. Obscure. Oh my oh. gosh. Okay. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you how I came across it. Please tell me. Okay, so 
I, well, I saw that Hulu had is doing this documentary about the weird clown thing that was happening in Florida about the guy who like claimed to be this clown that parents could hire to scare their kids but it that's really not what it was it was this yeah. guy creating these fake stories about parents who paid for a clown so yeah. I wanted wrinkles or something is his name <laughs> um okay. and that's so I a like terrible clown name right I googled like clown scary clown florida and this story came up and i was like oh, what the heck this is so my gosh. nuts how the heck did we both pick it okay your if yours is longer that means you researched it better so emily tell me the story of the clown killer let's tell it together okay, okay we'll i guess <laughs> you my guess is better researched it so i will interject as i see necessary but please go ahead um okay so what i have <laughs> Is that, and I forgot to cite my sources, so I'm glad that you did. I had a BuzzFeed article, something else. Teamwork. Um, Okay, so (laughs) I can't get through this without (laughs) laughing. Okay, so May 26th, 1990, Marlene Warren answers the door of her Palm Beach, Florida home. At the door is somebody dressed as a clown. They're wearing an orange wig a red bulb nose, white face paint with a red smile painted. Sounds creepy. This person in one hand is holding a balloon that reads you are the greatest and a basket of red carnations. In the other hand is a pistol. Marlene doesn't really see the gun. She just sees the balloon and the flowers and she says, oh, how pretty. And right then the clown raises the gun and shoots Marlene in the face. Her son, Marlene's son, is in the other room, and she hear, he hears the shot, and he comes running to the door to, you know, see what happened. And as he gets there, he sees somebody dressed as a clown just casually walking back to their car, which was a white Chrysler LeBaron. I have no idea what that looks like. It's a super old car. Um, so the son calls 911. Marlene is taken to the hospital, where she dies two days later. Oh, interesting tidbit. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> So, yes, that's everything that I have. Um, but I also read somewhere that he called 911, but then he and his friend, he had a friend there, yeah. they got in their car and tried to chase down the shooter. See, I, some places I read that he was eating breakfast, some places I read he was watching TV, some places I read that there was a, a friend, some I didn't, so I was like, yeah. I don't know, I'm not gonna... Which... Part of me is like, talk about it, be- but do I believe that? Because like, if my mom got shot in front of me, I'm not yeah. There's her no side. way I'd leave. Maybe like, the friend went to try Maybe. and track him down or whatever. But yeah, they tried to track the car down because I'm sure that they were like, this person's gonna get away. Sure. Um, but also, but, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to chase a killer. But that's me. Right. Um. Anyway, keep going. Okay. So the police are able to track the car down in. It, the car was abandoned in a strip mall. Every time I read that, I read in an abandoned strip mall. But the strip mall wasn't abandoned. <laughs> the car Just was. the car. Yeah. Um, and in the car, they find orange wig fibers and long brown hairs. And they track the car to belong to a car rental company that was called Payless Rental Cars. Um, and it was rented by this couple who had rented it recently. And when they went to go return the car, the store of the rental car company was closed. 
And so they searched through the yellow pages, which was a thing back then, and they call a rental car company that had the word Payless in their ad but wasn't Payless Car Rental. And a man answers on the phone, and he kind of implies that he works for Payless but doesn't, like, say, no, I don't work there. This You didn't reach the right place. And he tells them to just leave the car outside the store and that it'll be fine. Um, but the car disappears. Um, and so the police end up being able to track the phone call down and they connect it to the car lot of a man named Michael Warren, who is Marlene's husband. So the police are getting suspicious because they're like, okay, the car is kind of connected to you. It's not your car, but there was this weird thing that happened. Right. Um, and so the police go to question him. Um, and he is very quick to tell police like, oh yeah, Marlene had tons of enemies. She worked, we own like this apartment building and she has to like collect rent. She has to evict people. So like all of those people hate her and probably want her dead. Um, and so the police kind of look into that and they're like, "Mm, nah, that's kind of a stretch. None of these people want her dead. Um, and so they're still really suspicious of him. So they keep an eye on him. Um, and they also start like doing their own research, like, trying to find other things. Um, and while they're, like, questioning people, they kind of hear some rumors that Michael's having an affair. So that is on their radar. Um, they keep that in the back of their mind, and they go to local shops to see if anybody has purchased, like, the red carnations or clown costume stuff or the balloon. Um, and a shop nearby... Um, reports that a white woman with long brown hair purchased the You Are the Greatest Balloon and Red Carnations. So they're like, cool, this has to be our girl. Um, That store was located on the corner of an apartment building where a woman named Sheila Keen lived. And Sheila worked with Michael Warren. So Sheila and her husband, Richard, worked for Michael um, repossessing cars. So they were like, okay, there's kind of a connection. Maybe they're connected because she's close to this store. Um, she works for Michael. Um, and so they're look, kind of looking into that and they start learning that Sheila and Michael were known to take really long lunch breaks together. So they're like, this is probably the affair that people either think is happening or is happening. And Sheila's like 26 and Michael's like yeah. 40. Yeah. Which like her husband is also like 40. Hmm. She like, I read that like she like met him and he was like in his 30s and she was like 18 and like she was just super flirty and whatever and they got married um, and then sounds like she kind of did the same thing with Michael too. Um, and so... They also go to a costume shop in the area who also reports a white woman with long brown hair purchasing all the clown costume items. So the wig, the makeup, um, and anything like that. And so since the police were already thinking that Michael had something to do with it, this, so maybe Sheila had something to do with it, they go to the costume shop with like a photo array. And whoever was at the costume shop picked Sheila's photo out of the photo array um so now police are like fairly certain that Michael and Sheila are involved but they don't have enough evidence it's Um, all circumstantial yeah it's all circumstantial there's no DNA is barely a thing there were no fingerprints on anything 
Um, and both Michael and Sheila deny having an affair. Um, and so the case goes cold for a long time. But in 2002, so 12 years after Marlene is killed, Sheila and Michael get married. So, And interestingly, yeah. so like Michael was a shyster. And yeah. he, what he, after um, Marlene's death, he went to prison, not for her murder, but for like, uh, he had been like moving back the odometers on cars he was selling at his car oh, dealership. Yeah, and like so for like he spent like four years in jail, um, and yeah, and like employees and relatives said that Marlene had been threatening to divorce him over yeah. like numerous affairs that he'd have, but his employees said that he would never divorce um, his wife because she would get half of his assets. Ooh. So anyway, backstory that doesn't look good for Michael, but yes, yeah, two th- thank you. I never. I didn't find that anywhere. A, a lot of what you're saying, I didn't find. So this is wow. Good. I'm so maybe we should do the same stories from <laughs> now on. <laughs> this is nuts. This I still can't really get crazy. over it. <laughs> I can't get over it because, like, my favorite murder has been going for like Hundreds. five years. Yeah, and, and they've this never happened. N- never happened. This is like our 21st episode, <laughs> and it happened. That's nuts. Okay, here we are. So. Michael and Sheila get married. Really gross. Um, And now it's 2017. So now it's been 27 years since Marlene was killed. And Michael and Sheila have been married for 15 years. And they now own a restaurant in Tennessee called the Purple Cow. But I also saw that, like, they lived in, like, Virginia or something. So I don't know how that works. No, I think it's – I came across Tennessee. Like, maybe they lived in – both, but in, like, 2017, they were in Tennessee. They were in Tennessee, okay. Um, and so, in September of that year, of 2017, Sheila is arrested for the murder of Marlene Warren. Um, police were able to use new DNA testing, which led them to Sheila. Do you know the specifics of that? Because I couldn't find that. So, I don't think they have released what specifically, yeah. like, um specifics about the DNA breakthrough like haven't been released to the press but I did find an interesting tidbit that in 2014 the Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office got a federal grant that allowed them to create a task force to reopen the cold case so like if that and part of that like allowed them to order new DNA testing like through the FBI crime lab um I I read that they took samples of Sheila's hair and blood in 1990, but mm-hmm. like they didn't have like the technology to anything match it to anything. Yeah. But I don't think anyone knows like until the trial happens, like what the like specifics what? are that connected her. Cause it has to be like airtight if they arrested right. her, arrested yeah. her, especially since like way before they kind of knew it was her, they wouldn't arrest oh. her on nothing, you know? Yeah. They're not going to risk double jeopardy. Yeah. Um, and Michael hasn't been charged. Um, prosecutors were originally seeking the death penalty for Sheila, but have mm-hmm. recently decided against it. Um, her trial is scheduled to take place in June. Um, they Both Michael and Sheila both still say that they're both innocent. They have nothing to do with it. Um, but I also have that Marlene told her mom that if anything happens to her, she says... Oh, dang, I thought I wrote the quote down, but she said, if anything happens to her, Michael did it. Hmm. Which sounds pretty sketchy. Oh, for sure. So I I came across something that said that um, 
uh, Michael was friends, either was friends with a lawyer or like it was the lawyer. Cause like Michael has been involved in like petty theft and like fraud for a long time that, um, in 91, like the year after that Marlene was killed, this attorney, Christopher DeSantis, like came forward to tell investigators that, um, he had once had a conversation with Michael where Michael quote, asked me what the ramifications would be if a husband killed his wife on her estate, end quote. And apparently the lawyer, the lawyer advised that if the husband had a friend who did it and they couldn't tie the husband to the friend, he'd get away scot-free, end quote, which I feel a lot of ways about because number one, why are you giving that piece of advice to anyone? Yeah. And, but also like number two, it sounds like, okay, he went to the cops with that information. So, yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, it seems like there's a lot of people who are like, no, no, Michael did it, but they just, they didn't have the he evidence. Didn't pull, and he didn't pull the trigger. Right. And so like, and it doesn't seem like Marlene is going to flip on him. You mean Sheila? Oh yes. I'm sorry. Marlene is the wife he killed. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't seem, and it's just yeah. crazy to me that they have been married for 15 years. Right. Well, and, and like, having an affair for like 30 or more. Right, but then, like, how do you like, just, like, live a normal life after all that? Right. Yeah, that's nuts. That doesn't make any sense. So, so what should we do now? <laughs> the clown color. The clown color. Well, that's nuts. That's so funny that that happened. Um, I know. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, I guess we so, can talk about mass incarceration and infectious and diseases. Infectious diseases? No, here's here's the icebreaker, or the icebreaker, no, um, the detox question, and then I uh-huh. have a thing that we can end on after we both Perfect. answer this. Um, so for those of you who don't know, we, uh, because we drink together and we're lightweights, at the end of our show, we have a detox question to detox from the horror we've discussed, as well as to detox from our drinks. Um, but Emily... Tell me, once this all of this coronavirus madness is over, mm. what is the first thing you're going to do? Oh, that's a good question. Because, like, not much has changed about my life so far. That's true. You do work from home. <laughs> I work from home, so I spend a lot of time at home doing nothing. Um, you work very hard from home. You don't do I, nothing. R- right. Doing nothing in the child. sense of I don't yeah. really leave. Right. I do everything from my home. Um, I don't know. Probably either go to the mall or go to the mm. park because those are the things that Mike and I do when we're bored mm-hmm. and we can't do either of those now. So I find myself being like, what do we do when we're bored? And so it's going to be like, back to normal. We can go walk around populated places. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, I go on that date. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've had to postpone a date, um, due to this for, oh gosh, I hope my parents don't listen to this. I don't want to answer any questions. Um, uh, my first thought, though, other than dates, which I saw a really funny thing on Instagram that was like, you know who's really going to suffer from all of this? Dudes on dating apps. Guess yes. What, Bra- guess what, Brad? We're pen pals now. Yeah. <laughs> this, is a J- this is a Jane Austen novel. Yeah. Um, uh, honestly, I, w- like, r- I just want to go out to a restaurant. Like, yeah. I, I want That's table nice. service. I want to order a cocktail. Like, I want to have a, me- a hot meal brought to me um, that I didn't make. Um, granted, like, this is you and I talking wistfully about this after, like, four days of quarantine. Right, I know. Which, if this goes on any longer, uh, we're going to start eating our own hair. Um, 
but yeah, restaurant. I want to go to a restaurant. And also, like, I'll be excited for work to not be this, like, crazy day by yeah. day, like, what is going on craziness. Yeah. And you'd get to go back to work. Like, my work is still in my living room. Yeah. I mean, my work, I've still, like, I don't know. It's been, like, touch and go just because I work yeah. in human services. So, like, I go in, but it's not like I'm around people. And um, I went in and, like, sanitized, like, our childcare room the other day. And I was like, wow, there's so many things to clean here that children touch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Children are gross. Children are the gnarliest. Um, but that's how they develop immune systems. It's by is touching something. everything and putting everything in their mouths. And snotting on everything. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I wanted to end with this poem that has been, like, making the rounds called Pandemic that I have, like, found myself, like, returning to time and time again by, by a woman named Lynn Ungar. And in it she says... What if you thought of it as the Jews consider the Sabbath the most sacred of times? Cease from travel. Cease from buying and selling. Give up just for now on trying to make the world different than it is. Sing. Pray. Touch only those to whom you commit your life. Center down. And when your body has become still, reach out with your heart. Know that we are connected in ways that are terrifying and beautiful. You could hardly deny it now. Know that our lives are in one another's hands. Surely that has become clear. Do not reach out your hands. Reach out your heart. Reach out your words. Reach out all the tendrils of compassion that move invisibly where we cannot touch. Promise this world your love, for better or for worse, in sickness and in health, so long as we all shall live. And, like, that is what I've been trying to focus on um, in, in trying to view this time as, like, sacred and recentering and trying to act and, like, move with compassion. So I just wanted to leave us with that. That's good. I like that. I saw you posted that on your Instagram, and I read it. And I thought it was pretty. Thank She's you. She's a really good writer. Yeah, seriously. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Well, that was a weird episode where we both yeah. came with the same story. <laughs> That's so, so nuts. And it's short, so we've only got 30 minutes here. So Hey, 30 minutes, enjoy. Maybe um, that's you, all you need. Maybe that's what you need to get through this week. And yeah. uh, go, wa- go wash your hands. Go wash your hands. Stop touching your face. Cheers. Cheers. Perfect. All right, hopefully this sounds good. This is a mess. (laughs) One day we'll get it right, I promise.